We don't see you. Okay, shalom everybody. Last week it was really bad. Your connection. Can you hear me? I don't think you can hear me. You can't hear me? No, you don't hear me. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. I was trying to tell Rob that that with the uh, it was really bad last week, but I don't think he hears me. Just uh, here we go. Okay. Um, Shalom aleichem, everybody. We are starting our second year. Hello? About to start. He's gone. Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? I I can't hear the wrong. I can hear you. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm trying to rub the wrong. Rub the wrong. Can you hear me? No. Hi. Hi. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me? No, you're frozen anyway. You're gone. Okay. Oh, now you're back. You're on mute. Anyone hear me? You're gone. No, you're not gone. Hello? Yes. Can people hear me now? Now we can hear, can you hear me? I can yes, hear you. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes, but I just wanted to tell you that last okay. week your connection was very bad, were very bad last week, and it's again bad this week. Right. Um, but... 
I moved in a different place in the Kollel. Um, still very bad. Now it's not so bad. Okay, maybe I'll have to go to a different uh, building if it's bad this week. Let's see. If it doesn't work well this week, then I'll, I'll change buildings. I'll go to another. I've got to find another place to to give the share. Um, okay. In the meantime, let's let's begin our second share. Bezrat Hashem uh, regarding Natilat Yadayim. We spoke about Natilat Yadayim last week when people wake up in the morning, and we saw two major opinions of the Rosh and the Rashba. Why we do Natilat Yadayim in the morning? Is it a preparation for Tefillah, which we saw was the opinion of the Rosh? Or is it a, uh, a din in when we wake up in the morning, this is part of our service of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, um, because we are considered like a new creation. That was the, the two main reasons, but they were both connected to waking up in the morning. We then saw a third reason brought down in the Zohar, and that is something connected to Ruach Ra, that when a person goes to sleep and when they wake up in the morning, there's a certain Ruach Ra, a foul uh, spiritual odor on him that he needs to dispel, and that is done through Natilat Yadayim. Now, um, there are differences between the laws of Natilat Yadayim that we find in Shas, and uh, specifically the laws of Natilat Yadayim that we're going to see regarding Ruach Ra'a. In today's year, we're going to find other times during the day that a person possibly has to do Natilat Yadayim, either because of cleanliness or because of this, and this idea of Ruach Ra. But I think it's important to point out what the Ramah says. The Ramah says, um, but you know, we're going to come back to the Ramah. Let's, let's go to, uh, to today's shir, um, and we'll, we'll begin it like that, and then I'll come back to the Ramah. Okay, so... Second... The uh, the 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 Chazonish actually gives us a very interesting uh, um, definition of of why we do Natilat Yadayim, why we're so concerned about Natilat Yadayim. And the Chazonish says, I'm going to find it in one second. The Chazonish uh, writes at the introduction in in on. Uh, he says, right? that the, the, the soul's desire for purity and cleanliness, and our souls actually despise it and are, uh, experience a, a, a certain troublesome when they don't have this, this is This is included, embedded in the laws of the Torah. Because the, our souls cannot function and focus on the lofty ideas and abstract truths unless when there's no disturbances, the Amru and they said that cleanliness actually helps us to be more spiritual. So a physical cleanliness of the body 
implies uh, the Chazonich says it actually helps us to become more spiritual. So we should never be mezalzel on, on this idea of hygiene and cleanliness. Uh, today in modern day society, it's obviously uh, less, uh, less of a problem, but uh, it's interesting that the Chazonish says that this is really an idea brought down from the, um, it's really embedded in many of the halachot of the Torah. Now, um, before, let's just give a summary of the Shulchan Aruch, uh, where he describes all the times during the day, other than Natilat Yadayim Shachrit, that people would have to go and do Natilat Yadayim. And says the Shulchan Aruch and Arachayim, Siman Dalet, these actions will obligate us to do natilat one who gets out of bed, and one who leaves the bathroom, one who leaves the bathhouse, and one who cuts his fingers, fingernails, removes his shoes, one who touches his legs and one who um, scrubs his head. Also walking between the dead, or if you touch the dead person, and basically a person who is delousing one's clothing, and who has relations with his wife, etc. And also one who touches uh, um, covered parts of one's body. The covered parts of one's body are added in, but that's that's how we understand it. Now, all of these cases, one we're going to look into them more carefully over here, but they can be divided into two groups. Possibility group number one is why is there an obligation to do Natilat Yadayim? And that is based on the problem of Ruach Ra'ah. Ruach Ra'ah we saw mentioned in the Zohar from when a person goes to sleep, but there could be a Ruach Ra'ah in different places, as we'll see in the bathroom, in the bathhouse, that could be a problem of Ruach Ra'ah. A, a second group is based on cleanliness. A, a, a person who touches his, his uh, head or his covered parts of his body, it could be that there's a lot of perspiration and sweat, and because of that, a person needs to remain clean, as we saw in the, in the introduction of the Chazonish, and that's why there's an obligation on the Tilak side. Okay, now these two, these two reasons might have different halachic ramifications. But before I get to that, uh, I want to quote the Ramah. It's not brought down in, in the Tzurba, but the Ramah in Sif Zayin of, of, um, of Siman Dalet in the Shulchan Aruch tells us, that yes, we have to do Natilat Yadayim in the morning because of Ruach Ra'a, but says the Ramah, that where do we find the Halachot of Natilat Yadayim in the Talmud? We find that regarding the Halachot before we eat. I, before we eat bread, we know we have to do Natilat Yadayim. And there, the Talmud basically stresses that it has to be done from a key, from a vessel, it has to be done bekoach gavra. It has to be done, you know, with you physically uh, putting the pouring the water over, and it has to be done with certain types of water. It has to be water that is rovelish the akelev etc. Says the Ramah that lechatchila this should also be done for ruach ra'ah. But meikaradin meikaradin one doesn't need a vessel. 
right? And one doesn't need kwach gabra, one doesn't need to be pouring. Meaning that if one's in a place and one needs to wash one's hands because of ruach ra'ah, one could open up the faucet of the tap, put one's hands underneath it, and that would be okay. Even though there's, assuming there's no kli, you're assuming that it's not a problem, there's no din of kwach gabra, that would be less of a problem for the ruach ra'ah and possibly more of a problem when we get to Hilchot Natilat Yadayim for eating bread. So that's just an important distinction to make. On the other hand, we find the Chumrah regarding Ruach Ra'ah, that we saw last week, that one has to do it three times on each hand. That we don't find regarding Natilat Yadayim in Shas for uh, eating. Yeah? Eating Me'ikar then you need to do it once, maybe twice, but then that, that would be enough. Uh, for Ruach Ra'ah, you need three times. So that is a special thing in Ruach Ra'ah. As we'll see in today's shir, even that obligation of three times might only be in the morning, but for the other Ruach Ra'ahs that we're going to meet during the day, that might not be a problem. Okay, let's begin. Let's begin with the first Ruach Ra'ah that we find, and that is in a cemetery. If people go to cemeteries, what is the Ruach Ra'ah in a cemetery? So the Gemara in Sanhedrin, Samachai Amud Bet, talks about one of the prohibitions of the Torah, and that is basically uh, bringing up the dead to speak to them. We know Shaul HaMelech did that. This is a Torah violation. It's called Doresh Amitin, one who inquires of the dead. How did a person do that? The Gemara says that they used to, a person would starve themselves. And then they would go and sleep in the cemetery. And that way they would get the Ruach Tum'ah, that there is some type of Ruach of the, the, the dead in those places. And the Talmud talks, talks about it as Ruach Tum'ah. And based on this, the... Um, the uh, Mordechai says, and one of those cases says the Mordechai is going to a funeral. So basically going to a cemetery, and this is how uh, basically brought down in Halacha, the Ramah says, uh, brings down this Mordechai, and the Yalkut Yosef basically says that a person should, when one goes to the cemetery, after going to the cemetery, one should wash one's hands, one should do Natilat Yadayim. And again, uh, do how should we do it? One should be machmir to do it with a kli, even though we said adin ruach ra'ah, even without a kli uh, would be beneficial, would work. But nevertheless, this is the, the, the chumras that we uh, take upon ourselves. Okay, the next, uh, the next point that the uh, Yalkut Yosef brings down is, People went to Meiron, uh, right, to Rabbi Mer Balanes, perhaps to, um, to, the, to, to Hebron, right, to Marata Machpela. What would be the din? It's interesting that the Yalkut Yosef didn't mention Marata Machpela. I'm not sure if that's because um, maybe a sab was also buried there, so maybe that would be the uh, that would be a distinguishing uh, factor in Ishmael, perhaps. Um, 
but um, well, at least I don't think, no, sorry, Ishmael wasn't buried there, uh, at least not according to what we know. Um, but uh, so, so the question is over there, what would be the din? He says you don't need to do Natilat Yadayim after going to the, these uh, Kivrei Sadiq. Okay, that is a very uh, a sad halacha. And now we're going to come to a halacha that literally we, we, we meet this halacha many times a day. And that is, we mentioned in the Shulchan Aruch that a person who goes to the bathroom and comes out has to wash his hands and a person who goes to the bathhouse and comes out has to wash his hands. By the way, from the Shulchan Aruch, it wasn't clear if one actually did his uh, went and used the facilities when he went to the bathroom or just went into the bathroom and came out, would he also have to wash his hands? From the Shulchan Aruch, it's not exactly clear, but let's see what the Gemara says. Chazina Leila Rova. We saw Rova. In the morning, he would go into the bathroom. And afterwards, he would come and he would wash his hands. And after that, he would put on tefillin and he would make the bracha. From this, uh, the Gemara learns out, or at least many of the, the poskim learn out, there is a chiyuv to do natilat yadayim once one leaves the bathroom. Now, from that Gemara in Sukkah Membab, it's not clear, is it the din in the bathroom or is it because Rava went and used the facilities? Right? So everyone would agree that if a person actually goes and, and uh, goes to urinate or whatever it is, one would have to do Natilat Yadayim. However, what happens if a person just went into the bathroom? From this camera, it's not absolutely clear that there's a chiyuv to do Natilat Yadayim. Let's just leave that in the background. Let's continue what the, what the Gemara says over here. I'm a rabbi. Rabbi says, Hani batei kisei the parsai. These bathrooms of the Persians even though there is uh, remaining uh, excrement, kastumin dam. It's as if they are concealed, closed, and therefore what? The din over here is referring to the din of uh, can a person say kriyat shma? Can a person say dvarim shedukdusha? So let me give a brief introduction to the laws of the bathroom before we come back to our topic over here. In the Talmud, we find three times where the laws of the bathroom are mentioned. It comes into practice regarding three separate halachot. Halacha number one is, what does a person have to do things of honor in a place of a bathroom? That refers to putting up a mezuzah, since a bathroom is not considered a place of honor. So therefore, one doesn't have to put up a mezuzah regarding in a place in a bathroom. The second halacha, well, less uh, well known, is the Gemara in Kiddushin Lamed Bet, regarding the chiyuv of kiman lifnei zakan, zaken, right? A person has to honor an elderly person. The Gemara over there says, where does the laws of these honoring take place? In a place of honor. But in a place where it's not honorable, there's no chiyuv to get up in front of an old person in the bathroom. I remember my Rosh Hashiva 
Rav Amital Zatzal, uh, before Mincha, you know, in yeshivas, there's always a rush to go to the bathroom. So the Rosh Yeshiva would also go. And all the Talmidim would, you know, let the Rosh Yeshiva go first. And he says, no, and, and there's no, no din of kabod here. So I thought he was just, uh, I don't know, I thought he was kind of joking until I saw this is actually a din in the Gemara. That there's no din of kabod uh, when, it comes to, when it comes to a place like a bathroom. That's one din where we find the laws of a bathroom in, uh, in Shas. The second halacha is Vahaya Machaneka Kadosh, Pasuk in Parashat Kitetze, that basically from Vahaya Machaneka Kadosh, that your camp has to be holy, we have many halachot. And those halachot are that a person basically has to, in the, in the camp, the, there, the Pshat of the Pasuk was when a person went to, was going out to war, they would have to go and do their, make a toilet outside the camp to keep the Kadusha of the camp. From here, Chazal learned that basically there's an isur of reciting Kriyachma and learning Torah in, in, in a place of a bathroom because of the din of Naya Machanecha Kadosh. What is not mentioned in the Talmud explicitly is Natilat So we know that regarding a bathroom, we have two dinim. Number one, you don't need to put on a mezuzah there. Also, you don't need to, um, you don't need to stand up for, for Dine Kabod. And number two, there's a prohibition of reciting Kriyachma and making a brocha, etc., etc. Regarding that, the Gemara in Brachot Chafab tells us that a Persian bathroom, now what's the definition of a Persian bathroom? They basically, the way they would build it is instead of a literally a hole in the ground, which was a, a long drop, which was the usual bathroom in the times of Chazal, the Persians had a different method they would uh, create that the whole of the bathroom was on an incline. And basically the excrement would roll down almost two meters from the opening of where the person did his business would roll down this incline and the feces and, and the urine would collect in a, almost a separate, a separate compartment uh, based on the, the, this incline where it would, would roll down. So based on that, says the Gemara that it's considered that it's not, it doesn't have the din of a bathroom. Why is this important? Says the Shulchan Aruch in Orachayim Pei Gimel, Kesatum Dami, Umutar Likrotbo, and therefore it would be permitted to recite Kriyachma in Ein Borech Right. There's no bad smell. The Gam Ein Mashtinin Bo Chutz Leguma, and they don't. Uh, uh, um, um, urinate outside of the opening, right? If they urinate outside of the opening, then the urine remains in that room, that would be a problem. Now, having said that, so the Shulchan Aruch Paskins, that regarding a Beta Kisa Parsi, forget not having to do Natilat Yadayim, you can even recite Kriyachma in Satre bathroom. Now, the question becomes what is the status of our modern day bathrooms? So let's let's uh, see what the Mishnah Bura says. Remember, the Shulchan Aruch said a person who leaves the bathroom has to do natilat yadayim. It's not clear. Is it based on the Gemara that we saw before, the Gemara in Sukkah member, where there it says that Rabbi went into the bathroom, bathhouse, the, the, the bathroom. The assumption is that he went and he he did his business, right? So it's not so clear that based on that. I have a chiyot to do natilat yadayim just going out of the bathroom. But the Mishnah Brura 
says, Afilu lo Entering the bathroom and leaving, even if a person didn't go to the toilet, would obligate him to do Natilat Yadayim. And similarly, leaving the bathhouse. Even though he didn't go, he didn't, didn't go into the bath there, wisest. So here the Mishnah Bura is telling us a separate din, that these places have a din of Ruach Ra, and because they have a din of Ruach Ra, a person who was in there, whether they did their business or not, is obligated to do Natilat Yadayim. Now, this opinion of the Mishnah Bura, by the way, is not agreed on by all opinions. The Marasham, for example, argues. The Marasham holds that, no, it's specifically if a person did one's business, that is a problem. But if one person just goes into the uh, bathroom or the bathhouse, one wouldn't have to do Natilat Yadayim. But the accepted opinion is the opinion of the Mishnah Bura, that a person who goes into a bath, uh, bathroom, even without going into the uh, doing one's business, would be obligated to do Natilat Yadayim. Now, the question is, what is the status of our bathrooms? Do we say that our bathrooms are similar to the Persian Beta Kisa de Parsi, in which case, not only you, didn't, you wouldn't have to do Natilat Yadayim, surely if you, could read, if you could read Torah there, you don't have to do Natilat Yadayim. There's no Ruach Ra. So that's the question. And here the modern day post game have all dealt with this issue. I'm talking about Rabbi Vad Yosef, the Chazon Ish, uh, the Chalkat Yaakov, the Minchat Yitzhak, all of them dealt with this question. Um, Rav Moshe Feinstein said he's not sure. He's not sure if our modern day bathrooms are considered a Persian bathroom, in which case there would be no obligation to do Natilat Yadayim, et cetera, or not. Um, now, why wouldn't there be? Lichora, our bathrooms are, you know, a lot cleaner than the Beit HaKisa Parsi, right? That, that were 2,000 years ago. Uh, you know, they, they, they literally, they, they sparkling clean. You could, you know, many houses, you could eat off the floor there. So, so what's the problem? So the Poskim say that the distinction is that even though our bathrooms are very clean, the difference is, and apologies for, for the description of yet, but the, in the Persian bathroom, the excrement was never remained there. It immediately fell down to a separate room. As opposed to in our bathrooms, the excrement and the urine remain in the toilet. And only afterwards, when a person flushes the toilet, does it get washed away meaning that for the amount of time that the person is sitting on the bathroom, the excrement is in the room. And that says the poskim, that's the opinion of Rabbi Vad Yosef and others, they hold, because of that, it's very difficult to define it as a Persian bathroom. And therefore, this obligation of what the Mishaburah is telling us, that every time a person will walk into the bathroom and walks out, let's say a person just wants to go and brush his teeth, and he, you know, he goes into his bathroom to wash, to brush his teeth, he would walk out, you'd have to do Natilat Yadayim. Is that the case? Well, if we pass in that it's not a Etakisa de Parsi, then Lichora, that would be the deal. However, there might be another reason to be made. And this is based on the Magena Brown. Before I understand, bring the Magena Brown. 
Besides for the Persian bathroom, there is something else that perhaps this our, our bathrooms could be more similar to. And that is what we would call a graf shalra'i or a bedpan. A bedpan in halakha has got the status of a bathroom. Now, what, why is it similar to a bedpan? Because a person would do fill the excrement in the bedpan and then the bedpan would obviously be emptied out. So on a certain level, uh, it's similar to our bathrooms that you know, the excrement is there for a certain amount of time, but then it's washed away. And here the Margana Brown points out two uh, colors regarding a bedpan. Even though it's got a dinner of a beta kisei, says the Margana Brown, well, first of all, says the Shulchan Aruch, if it's made out of matechet, out of metal, or it's made out of shuchit, out of glass, since these things are not porous, they're not absorbent. So then, it, if it's as long as it's washed away, it wouldn't have the din of a graf shalrei. And the question is, what are our, our uh, uh, toilets are made out of porcelain that are coated? So porcelain that are coated, even though cheres itself, right, pottery is a problem that's absorbent, but our toilets are not absorbent because they are coated. So that is one reason maybe why we can be lenient. But there are two other reasons that the Magana Ram brings regarding a graf Number one, if there is another purpose for use of this bedpan. Let's say it wasn't only designated for excrement, but it was also designated as your shovel for your, um, for your compost in your garden. Says the Magana Ram, if it's got another usage, it doesn't have the definition of a beitakise doesn't have a definition of graf shalri and, and, and therefore would be okay. Another leniency, says Amagana Abraham, is if there is a rebate of water when a person urinates in it, it would also be it. Now, why is this important? Because in our modern day bathrooms, there is also a sink and, you know, often there's also a shower and there's uh, it's the, the toiletry cabinet, meaning when you walk into the bathroom, there are multiple usages of that room and basically if we're comparing it to a graph shell and we accept the color of the magana brown that if there are multiple usages of it then one can be lenient that would be a reason to be lenient that one wouldn't have to do if one just went into the bathroom without doing one's business so that is an opinion which is brought down by the response of the Scan Aaron and the Eretz Tzvi. As I mentioned, there are many poskim that were machmir. Uh, Rabbi Vad Yosef in general was machmir regarding this. Minchat Yitzchak was machmir. The Chazon Ish, all of them bring these farot, but many of them, Lemaise, are machmir. Why is this important? Let's read the Piskei Chubat. Now that we've given that a brief introduction, let's uh, read the Piskei Chubat. Uleinyan beit kisaot Regarding our modern day uh, bathrooms. Where the excrement is removed immediately when we flush the train. This might be considered like the Persian bathrooms where there's no ruach ra. In which case, there's no obligation of the But the Piskei Tshuva says, the conclusion is to be machmir. Uh, because as opposed to the Persian bathrooms, here the excrement, the weight, does remain in the bathroom for a certain amount of time. 
וגם מצוי לרלוך שהצוע אומר רגליים ואכן המיועד ומיוחד לעשיית שרכים ושמו עליו. In the end of that it's called the bathroom. ‫ואם יש שם עוד יעודים, ‫אם יש עוד פרפסות לרוב, ‫כגון שיש שם כיור ‫לחייציית ידיים ופנים, ‫או מקלחת ואמבטיה, ‫או אשר או בוח, ‫או יש שם ארון אחסון תשופות, ‫או מדיקל קבינט, ‫או חלק כביסה, אצטרה, If a person just, הנוהג שלא ליטול ידיו כשנכנס לשם ללא עשיית שרכים, יש לו על מי לסמוך. Person who just goes in there to brush his teeth and doesn't wash his hands when he comes out, יש לו על מי לסמוך. אם כי המחמיר תבוא עליו ברכה, but a person is מחמיר, תבוא עליהם ברכה, they should be, they should get reward for it. So definitely יש מקום להקל regarding our modern day bathrooms. I did hear an oral shear by one of the Roshay Yeshiva of Yeshiva University who was quoting a gadol, I don't know who it is. I imagine it's one of the other, it's one of the Roshay Yeshiva of Yeshiva University who basically said there's no worry about Natilat Yadayim if one's going into a modern day bathroom just walked in to get something and went out that there's no Ruach Ra'ah and one doesn't have to worry about it. That could be based on three things. Number one, as we saw last week, the whole concept of Ruach Ra'ah is lessened according to the Vilna Gaon um, from the 1700s. Number two, we saw the opinion of the Skan Aaron and all of these other opinions that there's a, there's a good reason to say that this has got a din of a Graf Shalri'i and since there are many usages, we rely on the Magen Avram and one doesn't have to worry about it. Okay, just now that I'm um, now that I'm talking about this, let me just also mention the Shulchan Aruch says even and if one left one's bathhouse. Now, so so what does that mean? How does it help that there's a shower? If I go into a room where there's just a shower, do I also do need to do natilat yadayim? Lichora, according to the Shulchan Aruch, the same didn't want to apply. However. The bathhouse that the Shulchan Aruch is talking about, the Beit HaMerchatz, is not our bathhouse. And this is agreed pretty much according to all the poskim, even those that are machmer regarding the bathroom and, you know, where there's a literally a toilet. When it comes to a shower and a, and, and a, um, and a bath, they do agree that one can be more lenient. doesn't have a din of the Beit HaMerchatz. And that is for the simple reason. In the times of the Chazal, a Beit HaMerchatz was divided into three rooms. There was the inner room where basically people were, uh, were completely undressed and there was a lot of, um, it was like a sweat room. There was a lot of perspiration. It was a dirty room. I mean, even though they were going to get clean, but it was, it was, there was zihuma. There was a lot of perspiration and filth in that inner room. Then there was a middle room where there people would come out. They, some of them were getting, it was like a changing room, meaning some people were dressed, some people were undressed. And then there was the outer room. In the inner room, Chazal are very clear. One cannot talk Divrei Torah and one cannot even think Divrei Torah. In the middle room, where some people are getting changed, right? so there are going to be people, being people there that are undressed, one can think of Harher B'Divrei Torah. There it's permitted to be Maher B'Divrei Torah. And basically, the modern day poskim say that our bathrooms are considered the middle chamber. 
In the middle chamber, you don't need, there's no Ruach Ra, therefore you don't need to do Nitinat Yadayim. Not only that, Rabbi Yosef has quite a, almost an outlandish uh, psak, where he says that a person can be in the shower and listen to a shir. You can put your, you know, <laughs> you can put a speaker into the bathroom and basically listen to uh, a shir, uh, listen to the shir Torah while person's completely naked in the shower. He says, because that has got a din of hirhur and not dibur, right? And, and basically that's got the din of the middle chamber where that would be permitted. So bottom line, regarding our bathrooms and regarding our shower rooms. There's definitely room to be made to say that there's no Ruach Ra, and therefore if a person goes in and goes out and doesn't wash his hands, definitely there's room to be made Those who are Mahmir, Tavolehem Bracha, for certain, there's also uh, more reason to be made regarding a bathroom than a toilet. A bathroom clearly would be, be more made Okay, now that we're talking about the bathroom, just want to skip to page 83 for those who have the safer to finish up with Asher Yatsar. There's an interesting halacha of Asher Yatsar. Um, and here, the, uh, the Gemara says as follows. That, uh, sorry, the Shulchan Aruch. The Shulchan Aruch says as follows. After doing one's business, Yevarech Asher Yatsar et Adam b'chokma uvarabon ekavim nechalulim chalulim etc. And we give that we say this brocha that we all we all know. Now the Yavitz of Yaakov Emden was asked the following shaila: What happens if a person goes to the bathroom and then he forgot to say Asher Yatsar, and now he needs to go to the bathroom again? Can he still say? Asher Yatsar, and he says as follows, it depends on how we define the bracha of Asher Yatsar. And says the Shailat Yavetz, the hashta da'atinen lahachi, the Asher Yatsar birkat hoda'a. That the bracha, according to Rabbi Yaakov Emden, the bracha of Asher Yatsar is a bracha, it's a birkat hoda'a of thanksgiving. And therefore, very similar to Birkat Amazon. Just like, you know, when you eat and you're satiated, we have a chiyuv to bless Hashem. So too, we have a, we, we go to the bathroom and we are relieved, we have a chiyuv to bless Hashem. Now, when is a person obligated, when can a per person eat a meal and he forgot to say uh, Birkat Amazon? Until what stage is he still permitted to say Birkat Amazon? So the answer over there is that as long as one still feels satiated, one can say Birkat Amazon. We generally give the share of 72 minutes. Says Rabbi Yaakov similarly, as long as one doesn't feel the need to go to the toilet, meaning the relief that one got from going to the bathroom is still felt by the person, he can still say Asher Yatzah. But if he now needs, he feels he needs to go again to the bathroom, right? he can no longer say Asher Yatsar because it's, it's like he's hungry again. So when the person's hungry again, he can't say Birkat Amazon, the person needs to go to the bathroom again, he can no longer say uh, Asher Yatsar, you'll have to go to the bathroom and only afterwards say Asher Yatsar. And therefore he says like this, If a person went to the bathroom a second time, he only says it once, 
וזה בהפך מדעת הרבנים האחרונים, This goes against many אחרונים, if I'm not mistaken, even the שולחנה, זה אינו, for they hold, ברכה אחת עולה לשתי פעמים, they hold that one broker covers both, and he holds ולא היא, it's not true. ראשונה עבר זמנה ואין לו תקנה. If a person didn't say asher yatsar and now he needs to go to the bathroom, you've lost out the, opinion, the, the possibility of that brocha. So that is generally, um, that is a psak also of the Mishnabura. The Mishnabura says, As long, you know, even a long time, and one remembered, one should make a brocha. ואם לא בירך אשר יצר עד שרוצה להציל מים שנית, that but let's say a person now needs to go again, דעת הפרימה גדים זה מקום שיציל יברך אשר יצר על ההטלה הראשונה. So he, according to the פרימה גדים, before one goes to the bathroom, one should say אשר יצר again and then go to the bathroom. אבל בשערי תשובה הסכים בשם כמה אחרונים, ‫אם נזכר לאחר שהתחיל לו תאווה, ‫שוב לא יברך. ‫בתשערי תשובה, ‫בעצם going with what we said ‫in the name of Rabbi Yaakov Emden, ‫as soon as one has the feeling ‫that one needs to go to the bathroom, ‫one has lost the opportunity to, um, to go to the bathroom. ‫זה interesting that the Beit Yosef ‫brings down שחייב לברך שני פעמים אשר יצר. ‫זה בעצם... If a person didn't say Asher Yatsar, and then he remembered after going to the bathroom a second time, he should say Asher Yatsar twice. And this is clearly, and that's by the way how the Shulchan Aruch Paskins. Etil mayim esiyak lato mila etil mayim, v'achar kach nimlach v'etil mayim paam acheret, tzarich lebarek shtei paamim Asher Yatsar. This is the Shulchan Aruch. However, the Mishnah Burr says we don't Paskin like it. We Paskin like what we explained in the Rabbi Yaakov Emden, that basically in that case, one would only recite it once and one has lost the broch. Okay, now that we've gone back, we, that was just a, a quick aside for the dinim of finishing up the bathroom and Asher Yatsar, let's go into other cases where one might need to do Natilat Yadayim. So we mentioned, in terms of Ruach Ra'ah, we've seen three places. Number one, we've seen the place of funerals, uh, cemeteries. The second time is bathrooms and bathhouses. And now we are going into the uh, a different case. And this is not necessarily, um, it's not, not so clear what the, what the reason is. But the Gemara says in Masechet Psachim Kufyud Bet, the shakil tufre velomashayade, a person who cuts his nails and doesn't uh, wash his hands, mafrit chad yuma veloyada maika mafrit. He, he's going to be frightened for one day and, and not sure what the cause is. And therefore, says the Shulchan Aruch, person who washed one's hands, but didn't, uh, didn't uh, one cuts one's nail, but didn't do wash one's hands, is going to be frightened because of this. And the Poskim understand this is a problem of, again, Ruach Ra'ah. And because it's Ruach Ra'ah, this is the din. Now, what's interesting is that the same Gemara talks about a person who was makiz dam, person who uh, bl uh, let uh, blood let, they also have to do natilat yadai. 
And then the Gemara says, if a person doesn't do it for seven days, one's going to be uh, uh, in, in fear, or three days, I can't remember. Now, the question is, today, a person does a bedikat dam, goes for a, a regular checkup, and they do they, they draw some blood to, to do a sample testing. Does one also have to do natilat yadayim? Or one goes to donate blood, one goes to mada and uh, gives a, a blood, it does, after both of these cases, one need to do Natilat We said again, according to the Gemara, Akazat Dam needs to do Natilat So this is actually a machloka between Rav Shlomo Zaman Arbach and Rav Eliyafim. Rav Shlomo Zaman Arbach said as follows, that the din of Hakazat Dam was something schooly and was done because for the sake of Rafua. But here regarding the Bidikat Dam, right, there, you are just, you're not doing it, you're doing it for a check, you're not doing it for a four. Second of all, when you give blood, when you give blood, you're not doing it uh, for a four, you're helping someone else. And then it says, the person who is uh, doing mitzvot doesn't have to worry about these things. So according basically, one doesn't have to worry about it. Since this is an Indian school, we don't have to expand the din. And therefore, these, the Trumatam and the Bidikatam are not similar to the towns of the Talmud. Rabbi Yashin says, no, the reason why when you do Bidikatam, you don't need to wash your hands is because not so much blood was actually removed. The difference would be that if a person donates blood, when a person donates blood, there a lot of blood is removed. And because of that, according to Rabbi Yashin, it seems that one would have to do Natilat Yadayim. Um, so, so yesh makom lakel not to do natilat yadayim, akshom azam al-orbach, for certain, but uh, there's definitely room to be machmir, uh, according to Rab Eliashu. Let's move on to, um, we, so we said, basically, a person who cuts one's nails uh, also has to, has to do natilat yadayim. What happens, now, and the problem over here is ruach ra'ah. Now, if there's ruach ra'ah, and a person hears Kaddish or etc. etc. Can one answer Amen in the meantime? Says Yalkut Yosef, Bashomea Bracha or Kaddish, Bechen or Tel Tsiporna, One Amen Achar Bracha or Kaddish. The fact that I've got Ruach Ra on one's hands does not stop a person from being able to say Divrei Torah again. If the reason for washing my hands was a problem of cleanliness, then there would be a problem of me speaking Divrei Torah, answering Amen. So let's say a person went to the bathroom. The person literally did, did his business. So here, the problem is that my hands aren't clean. If my hands aren't clean, there's a problem of me davening, there's a problem of me answering uh, amen and, and, and saying divrei Torah. But regarding ruach ra'ah, that's not a problem. So because of this, says the Yalkut Yosef, and we don't have to be too worried about this. This Ruach Ra'a, So the reasoning of the Yalkut Yosef is basically, since it is a very weakened Ruach Ra'a, therefore one doesn't have to worry about any uh, saying a brocha or any of these or answering Amen. As opposed to the Ruach Ra'a that we saw when a person wakes up in the morning. Person wakes up in the morning. Why don't we say the Elokai Neshamah Shenatata Bi Baruch Ata Hashem Machazir Neshamot Yikarim Etim? There, the poskin said, because your hands are unclean, and the major reason of it there was the Ruach Ra. 
So here you see that the Ruach Ra'ah of the bathroom, the Ruach Ra'ah of the, um, of cutting one's nails is completely different on its level and its, its strength compared to the Ruach Ra'ah from one who wakes up uh, in the morning. Okay, the next then is we saw uh, listed in the Shulchan Aruch was a person who, who touched parts of one's body that one has to also do Natilat Yadayim. Here, this is not because of Ruach Rahad, this is because of sweat and perspiration. And as we'll see, this might be a different depending on how a, pers a person's personal hygiene. So it says about Yosef and Arachayim, Verabeno Hagado Maria Boab. A great rab, Maria Boab, wrote, Beshem Orchot Chaim, Vosif Alehem, Veyesh Omrim, Afanogab, Bekina, even if a person touches the last. A person who basically touches his body, referring to the concealed areas of one's body, that uh, one would have to do Natilat Yadayim. The Mishnah Bura says, Just to clarify, we're talking about covered parts. So what is covered parts? This is dependent on the time, says the Piskei Chubot. It depends if um, you know, on the time and the place, what is considered a uh, uh, the uh, uh, considered a covered part? And then says the Biskei Chuvot. Since this whole din is a din, first of all, it's not brought down in the Talmud. It's brought down by the Maria Bua, and it's based on the din of cleanliness. So says the Biskei Chuvot. Ulafize im shataf brachatz kufo biyodeshen akio mizuama mil 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 zea. The person. You know, people shower today every day. Some people shower more than once a day, etc. Right? And one knows that in one's concealed part of the body, there isn't uh, much perspiration, etc. Even though the Shulchan Aruch paskened it, says the Piskei Chuvot, the time and place change this halacha. But he says, okay, because of lo plug, one, one, it, it's, it's fitting to be machmer. Then says the, um, the Piskei Chuvot, when a person touches his uh, open legs, apparently, and again, the Piskei Chuvot is a chassid. So he brings a lot of Dibrei Kabbalah. He says, So because of the, you know, the feet, in 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 Hasidut, um, the lower part of the body is connected to a lot more uh, earthly um, desires and filth, etc. So based on that, he says uh, one would. And here he says at the end, and I think this is very. Uh, it depends on the time and the place. People wear uh, short sleeve shirts and there's no concern that a person has to do if touching those areas. Okay, let's. So we saw over here, this is the din of cleanliness. Basically, if a person touches certain parts of one's body, then one would have to, uh, one would have to do Natilatidaim. And we saw that it's also. Uh, perhaps changes depending on one's personal hygiene. A similar idea of Nikiyot is brought down regarding touching shoes. Says the Mishnah Bura, 
משום שנוגע בידיו בעת החליצה. If you didn't touch them, you know, you just removed your shoes, kicked off your shoes, you don't have to do Natilat Yadayim. V'acholetz min ala b'nogea b'raglav v'chofef rosho eno mishum ruach ra'a, rak mishum nekiyut. Again, this is not a din in ruach ra'a, this is a din in nekiyut, and that is what the chovah is. And then he says, al-k'ein, ein tzarich lemaher li tol yadav techet. Since it's not ruach ra'a, you don't have to rush to do Natilat Yadayim. But things that are Mishum Rach Ra'ah, person should try and get the Rach Ra'ah uh, remove it from them as soon as possible. We'll just end off with a, one or two halachot over here that the Yalkut Yosef says a person who touches his shoes and his sandalim, one has to wash his hands. But if one touches garbayim the kiot, you know, clean socks, and not Sarikh Matila. Because only the shoes that one um, treads upon the dirty floor, where there, there's a lot of gross things. And there's also remember they used to do and the water used to be poured onto the floor. So uh, and oh, he brings the, the another reason. People only walk inside generally with their socks, and it's uh, um, clean, clean floors. From here, there's a raya against. I don't know if there was a. Did you did you have a minag in America that you know, not to walk around in socks because it was like a siman avelot? South Africa was a big thing. You know, you shouldn't walk around in socks. In Israel, doesn't it? I, I don't, I, you know, I've never heard of it. So I think it was a big thing. I don't know. Did, did when, when we were growing up, it was a big thing. But now in the United States, the children, our grandchildren, all, all take their shoes off when they come into the house. Uh-huh. But okay. uh, and when I try and tell them, don't do that, you know, no, no, you know, they, they don't understand what, what I'm talking about. So I'm saying from here, the Yalkut Yosef, it seems very clear that he doesn't have a problem people walking around in socks on a clean, uh, on a clean floor. So also when I learned Tilchot Avelot, I didn't really find it, uh, not in the, the classic uh, Svarim. So I don't think it's necessarily a problem, even though it's still ingrained in me, but, uh, but it doesn't seem that there's real halachic basis for it. Um, as long as your socks are clean, you don't need to wash them. Now, this is also a chidush. Even if one just touches the, 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 the um, shoelaces, but doesn't actually touch the shoe, one doesn't have to worry about natilat yadayim. This might be very practical for kohanim that are always trying to put on their shoes uh, in Israel after birkat kohanim. Um, okay. Um, so let's just uh, finalize one more halach if we if we have time for it. The din of a haircut. Similarly, says about Yosef, katuv betruvot leramban, right? That basically regarding uh, touching one's hair, vechen hamachakech berosh. This is also true that basically, if one touches dirty places, and also if one touches one's hair, 
one has to uh, one has to do natilat yadayim. This passage by the Shulchan Aruch. Shulchan Aruch says, "Mikshomet besuuda beniskash shenagab beshok beyarechom akumotem achusim ba'adam or shikikech beroshov bechokhayotzei bezeh." Right? Basically, a person touched one's hair. They have to do natilat yadayim, and he says, "Do it with a bracha," because over here the Shulchan Aruch is talking about natilat yadayim for a meal. But the Mishnah Brewer points out. And says, the difference between you know digging into one's hair and just touching one's hair, touching one's hair, and not right? even uh, wipes one's hands on them, that wouldn't necessitate washing one's hands. And I think this is again one of the differences between um, you know, people that have a high level of hygiene that you know wash their hair frequently, that it's not that. Uh, oily, etc. Uh, it seems that this halacha seems to also have changed, and especially according to the Mishnah Berurah, one just touching them but not scratching one yesh makom laha hakel. Then um, just to the the Mishnah Berurah, uh, the Piskei Chuvat says yesh litol yadaim acharat isporet afim mistaper al yedei acherim velo baatzmo. Person who has a haircut has to do natilat yadaim, um, and this. Is either because of a din of Ruach Ra'ah or because it's connected to Lichluch, uh, Lichora over here. The problem over here is also Ruach Ra'ah. And that is one uh, who has to, that's why a person would have to do Natilat Yadayim. Okay, that is the end of Natilat Yadayim. Bezrat Hashem, next week will be start the halachot of Tzitzit, um, some very interesting halachot and practical ramifications regarding the laws of tzitzit. So Bezrat Hashem next week, that's what we'll jump into. Okay. So yeah, have a good you. week. Shabbat shalom to everybody. Shabbat shalom.